What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Eastern Current. We were about halfway through it, and my crappy uh, computer decided to crash on me. So we're starting back over. I've got my friend Bud Bishop on tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about summer fishing trends on the Pamlico Sound. And if you don't fish the Pamlico Sound, don't turn this off because these trends play true in so many large water uh, estuaries, big bay systems um, from you know Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia. Um, all these trends will, will play true in that type of scenario. That's the thing is people think, oh, that's not my area. But, you know, the fish don't know if they're in North Carolina or South Carolina or Virginia or Georgia or Florida or Texas. Um, they're all the same fish and they're going to do the same thing. So um, definitely give this one a listen. Bud's a great captain. Got a lot of good information. And I already know it's going to be pretty darn good because we recorded half of it and just lost it. So I can go ahead and guarantee you that it's going to be a decent podcast. Um, but definitely check out I Strike Fishing, sponsor this podcast, make great great uh, gear, great jigs and, and other hooks for uh, for saltwater fishing, as well as freshwater fishing. And uh, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz. I've got uh, Bud, I'm going to have Bud's information linked on the podcast uh, show notes, as well as the YouTube description. And on his screen, it'll have his, his Instagram there on the bottom of the screen. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and bring him on. What's going on, Bud? Hey man, how's it going? Oh, it's going just as good as the first time we we asked each other those questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but uh, sorry about that. We'll uh, we'll hopefully get through it this time. The my computer gave me a, a warning that it was almost full of storage, and so I started trying to delete stuff while we were recording, and I think that's what made it crash. So uh, I will not mess with that this time. I think the stuff's deleted, and we're good to go. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, let's uh, let's just get right into it. Uh, talking about some summertime stuff. How's your how's your fishing been here recently? It's been really good. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm really pleased with it. I was I was getting worried there for a couple of days. It was getting tough. It was getting more like fishing, and uh, it's picked more back like up. Fishing and catching. <laughs> yeah, so it's been it's been really good. Thank yeah. you, man. That's awesome. I'm really happy with it. I, I think one thing we touched on here when we tried to record just a second ago uh, was your boat, and I think that's such a cool factor of, of how you're able to cover that big water and get to where those fish are. So take people through uh, your boat real quick and just kind of explain what you're running and, and how that helps with your, your summertime trout and red fishing. Yes, yeah, so I run a 24-foot Skeeter Bay boat, and it, I mean, it, it allows me to get into 8 to 10 inches of water um, with me and a couple people if I put – if I got a full boat, I can get in about a foot of water, um, and that's being able to get out. I could, I could probably pull it into shallower. Um, it's just walk it or drift sketchy. it through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty-four foot um, boat. Once you're on the bottom, you're not you're not doing much moving. Up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're not moving much. And I'm usually easing in these places downwind, so I'm usually, you know. But yeah, I mean it's it's perfect for me. It allows me to get out there in the big water you know, to get through what I need to, to get to where I, I need to be. And, and I don't think it's just because of, um, it's a wide boat, but just the length of it really helps out in that Pamlico Sound. The Pamlico Sound is a rough body of water. Yeah. It is a very, um, respected body of water and, uh, it can get nasty quick, but, but I finally got a boat big enough. I feel, feel comfortable taking people where we need to be. What do you have to see on the forecast to be like, all right, no, we're not going. 30 30 yeah yeah 30 just hard to even like even with like a carolina rig bait fishing unless you're just straight up wind and you know they're piled in right there it gets hard to fish in 30 mile hour winds yeah so i mean that's that's kind of the beauty of being on a trailer to me um now if we're big drum fishing 
it can blow 40 i'm going <laughs> and uh i mean the harder it blows the better they're gonna bite right but um but yeah i mean you can usually get on one side or the other and get out of it now yeah. you know trout fishing and throwing spoons for drum and stuff like that i mean once it gets up to about 25 and you're fishing the leeward side you can't throw into the wind no you know i mean those fish are so boat shy at that point i mean you can't throw in the wind you're making so so much noise too with the boat water smacking it's 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 slapping real bad so the for your redfish up there are they pretty spooky uh or are they generically pretty uh you know pretty unbothered by your boat yeah so it's kind of a double-edged sword so you really won't spook them um but if you catch one, you know, you'll bring the school to you. You'll bring the school to the boat, and they'll hang out around the boat. But if you drive up on them too quick, you'll spook them, and you'll never see them again. Yeah. So I really don't understand it. It seems like it, if, a fish, if, if a fish pulls them to the boat, they're fine with it. But if the boat pulls up to the fish, they freak out. It makes sense. They're kind of moving into that territory rather than, rather yeah. than something large moving into their territory. Yeah, that's right. And I see it with my skiff all the time, too, in really shallow water. Uh, even if somebody's casting a fly rod or something like that or, or a spoon or a jig or whatnot, and they rock that boat a little bit, we can be 50 yards away from the fish. And when that boat wake rolls onto those fish in, in that shallow water, they feel it and they'll, they'll wake up and – and push around a little bit. I just think they're they're when they're sitting still or, or when, when you're approaching them, they're so much more aware of what's going on than when they're approaching you if you're sitting still. So um they're they're cool fish though. Like like you said, like once they get in there and they're comfortable with you, they're like, ah, oh, this is you know, this isn't a big deal. Oh yeah. You see with the big red fish a lot too. I think the big red fish sometimes get dumber than the little ones. The little ones are you know, they almost have an education sometimes in the big red fish and they get all I just don't think up. they care man i mean they're just like whatever you know? yeah i mean it's like, you're not a tiger shark i think we're good you're not a bull shark <laughs> yeah that's right uh well take people through um i don't that's a phrase i've started saying here a lot take people through <laughs> i don't really know what it means but um l- let's talk about kind of what you're looking for in a in a spot or a location like what kind of bottom what kind of territory what 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 makes a good red fishing spot for you uh, in the pamlico oh in the Pamlico, I mean, you want to find a sandy bottom. You want to find something. If you're just keying on on drum, yeah, that's it. Um, then you want to find a sandy bottom. You want to find somewhere under three foot deep, um, two and a half foot, preferably to about one foot. Okay. And you know, but it's got to be sandy, and it can either have spotches of grass in it, or it can have roots. Um, old stumps, stump beds, yeah. stuff like that. Those drum are going to hang around. And don't be afraid to go too shallow. You can't go too shallow. Yeah. Um, a lot of people want to sit off and they cast up to a shallow as they think they need to go to. And they're missing so many fish that are that much shallower. Yeah. And, uh, and that's just where the drum might hang out around here. It's uh, Correct me if I'm wrong because I have not done much puppy drum fish in the pamlico at all um you don't really you're not targeting them on any like i guess you probably could but a lot of these spots you're talking about right now they're probably pretty or gradual edges like it's a real gradual slope up to where they are um, which can make it tough at first or or intimidating to find those fish it's very easy when you're like you've got that little secondary edge and they're cruising up and down that secondary edge so um yeah i mean 
a lot of these are just beaches, you know, that, I mean, that, that you can see with, you know, above the surface. Yeah, yeah. And if you were to get your boat up there and pick your trolling motor up and stand on the bow, you know, with some good sunglasses on and just just cruise down it, you're going to find a school of fish. Yeah. Um, and we did that last year. We were able to get on a program where we were sight casting for about three weeks. Yeah, that's awesome. Last year. Um, and that's something I've never done here before. And we were catching them in, in water that was too shallow for my boat to get in. You know, we were casting to them and pulling them out of it. Yeah. But I'm going mean, to, I'm going to trailer my pathfinder up there with that new tower I've got on it. And we're going to go to all your spots yeah, and, and just try I'm to sight fish them. I think we can do it. And then I, I bet, I guarantee you in, in a month, you're going to have one of those for your boat. Probably. It's dude, this, that thing, it is mind blowing how much you can see from that. And I've had a oh, boat man. with a tower in the middle, but being up there on the bow, like right at the front of the with like it, it's it is even more there's it's crazy how much your eyes are distracted from the back of the boat with everything that's going on in the boat than when you're like right on the front just looking straight into the water um it's it's a cool scenario um but yeah that is cool but no it's it's uh it, it's a tool for, you know it's that's how i look at sight fishing you know i love sight fishing but for me it's a tool in the in the arsenal you know some days you're bait fishing some days you're trying to sight fish and I've sometimes spoiled myself to the point of like, it hurts me because I'm like, God, I gotta see them. I gotta know they're there. Like, I need to know these fish are there. And then I'll go in there and blow a school out and then can't find them again. So, um, kind of easing your way in there can be important. So, how, how do you go about locating these fish? Like, you found what you think is a good area. What What's your kind of way to go in there and, and check it and scout it and whatnot? Well, see, we get all geeked out about sight fishing here because we don't have it. Right, right. And, um, I mean, we had it some last year um, for a very few weeks. You know, the, the wind was right. The water clarity was right. It just, it doesn't happen like that all the time. Um, most of the time we're just blind casting, Yeah. you know, and, and just blind casting to some, some stumps that are in the water off the bank, you know, anything like that, as long as there's a good population of drum that year, you know, there's going to be fish there. Yeah at one at one time or another yeah. you know they're going to be there um i don't get real confident in fishing an area unless i see bait either on the surface or on my sonar yeah that's what makes me confident and that's what makes me you know really buckle down sit there and fish it um these trout especially the trout and the drum here they're not a run and gun thing you can't hit a spot 10 minutes and turn around and go to the next spot it's just not going to happen it seems like you pull your boat in there it's going to take 15 minutes for everything to settle down and get back to normal um you know and a lot of these schools of drum we find just from you know trout fishing yeah you run across a school of drum you know and then all of a sudden you're like you catch 10 drum in a row you know why did i catch them there right and then you pull up to the bank after after you've blown it out and you'll see like a little relief or a old crab pot sitting down there or something like that. Right. And that's something you can take throughout the entire sound and duplicate. Yeah. Now, do you feel like this is a question just popped up in my head. Could you go with that large, let's call it a desert, if you will, like lots of open vast areas and you're looking for those little, little ecosystems with a little bit of structure or something going on. Could you make yourself a spot? Could you go in there and throw out some crap and some old crab pots and some junk? Like would that within a, the next year, would there be redfish on that spot? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. If not the next year, definitely the, the year, the year after. after. Once it gets a little growth on it and stuff. Oh uh, yeah. 
uh, those redfish, man, they, they will find something, like like you're saying, like a crab pot or anything that's going to hold a little bit of bait. How scent-oriented are those fish up there? Um, Not necessarily on your bait, but like, like... I would definitely say that scent works. Yeah. Scent helps. Um, I would not say you have to have it. If I didn't have it, I wouldn't say I wouldn't go fishing. Right, right. Um, I mean, I use... Every single day I use E-Man with no scent on it. Yeah. And it works. Works just It fine. works fine. That's that's yeah. kind of what I tell people, too, is like, I don't think it's going to hurt you. But those now, those fish... If you have scent to put on it, by all means, put it on Put it there, on there. Because it's not going to hurt you. Yeah. It's only going to help you. There's the few times where I, where I hate it is if I'm in an area with a lot of pinfish or a lot of small croakers and I'm fishing slow. And they're yeah. just tearing my bait up, or not? I fish Z-Man as well. They're not necessarily tearing your bait up, but they're just annihilating that bait as you're bringing it back in, and you can't get a good retrieve on it. Um, and then it, sometimes I'm like, well, dang, maybe that I think that might be why I got bit because that croaker was gnawing on it, and then that redfish saw what was going on and swam over there and ate it. So it's like that's all that's fishing though, right? It's like oh, yeah. you have an explanation, right. but then you've got like the exact flip side of why maybe it is working. So um, I think that's why I'm so addicted to it because like every day questions are answered and other ones are like unanswered. So, and I learn something literally every day I go. And I mean, just the sometimes it's the dumbest stuff. <laughs> you know, I mean, the other day I passed the pier and I, I've never fished at this pier. It's a foot and a half deep, the whole pier is. And I just I always see the waves breaking on it. It's always muddy. And I've just never stopped there. Well, a few days after that, it was blowing. That was the leeward shoreline. And it was blowing so hard, there was no other place to fish. And I had a couple of my buddies with me, and they were like, man, we just want to go fishing. Yeah. And so I was like, well, we ain't going to catch anything. <laughs> and I was like, but I'm going to put you on the leeward shoreline, and we're going to start fishing. We got to that pier, and I found a massive school of speckled trout off the end of this pier in a in just a little hole you know, that awesome. I never knew was there. <laughs> they were all 18 to 22 inches. And we just sat there and just one after another. And, and I was cheesing from ear to ear. Like, I was so happy. And so the next day, I had a trip. And I went back there. They weren't there. I found them on the on the shallowest side of the pier in about a foot and a half of water. The next day, I went back. They weren't at either spot. I found them on a drop-off, on a 6 to 10-foot drop-off, about 50 yards off the pier. They were right on that ledge. Dang. And now, every single time I go back, I'm going to find them fish at one of those three places yeah for sure that's awesome that you, that you know, they were in different spots each time so yeah. it made you look around you're like i know these fish haven't all left yeah that's right that's super cool well just just why we're talking about trout real quick and you talked about how you know a lot of times you're trout fishing and you're locating your redfish that way um sh- share with me kind of how you're doing that are you just beating down a bank with a mirror lure are you floating shrimp on a cork how are you how are you typically you know searching for yeah, trout so, in the summer i was against it at first Side scan is my best friend. Yeah. Um, electronics have, have slowly become a, a big part. Of Let's my face trout it, you're a, you're a video game fisherman at this point. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Side scan is is key. I have found so much stuff on side scan, um, and and it's just any um, anything that's not that's not right. Yeah, that doesn't yeah. look normal, and it, any kind of long. I mean, just an old crab pot that got, you know, ripped from its buoy. I mean, anything like that. There's going to be bait there, which is, you know, there's going to be fish there. Yeah. And it, it, 
if you can get yourself, you know, five to ten places like that, um, and the conditions are right, you can pull up there and catch them, you know, pretty much at will. And you really don't have to worry about other people, you know, finding them. Yeah. Unless they already know about them. Yeah. Now, you know, beating the bank for trout is it, it's worked for a hundred years. It's it's it works now. It's it's always going to work. Those trout are always going to be up there, especially the big trout. You know, the big trout, you know, I believe they go up in those shallows. You know, some of the biggest trout we catch are in a foot and a half, two foot of water. Right. You know, and it's just, and when you catch them up that shallow, they hit so aggressively, especially on a yeah. jerk bait. They'll rip the rod out of your hand. Yeah. Because um, they're going up that shallow just to feed. And it seems like they're easier to fool when you fish that shallow. Yeah. So it's kind of like, which way do you want to do it? Um, do you want to stay away from the crowd or do you want to get on the bank? Um, both of them work, but it's just, to us, it's kind of like, what do we have the clients for that day to do? Right, right, right. You know, I mean, if we start out our trip and we smoke them in the first 45 minutes, then guess what? I got six hours where I can go discover some new, new stuff. Water, yeah. You know, some new stuff. You know, but if I start out my first three spots up, then I'm going to beat down every spot I got, Yeah. you know, until we find them. And and even if we find them at a spot I already knew about, they're not always, you know, on that same break. They're, they're set up differently every time. Yeah. And it's just, it's always something different. And, and, and there's usually all, if you think hard enough, there's usually always a reason why. Yeah. And if you can... That's really the key is just just figuring out the reason why, and then you learn something that day about them. Yeah, you know, and then you can duplicate that on all the, all the other places. Yeah, I, I think that's huge. They are trout. They are trout, and you know they will mess you up. <laughs> I mean, as soon as you think you got them down pat, man, they will throw you for a loop. They're funny fish, man. Quick. I think that's what I love so much about them. I used to not give a rip about a trout. Like I was like, I'm gonna be a really cool, like, just a fly fishing guide. Like I'm just gonna take people to fly fish because that's the coolest type of fishing. Now I hate fly fishing, <laughs> but I mean I love it. But <laughs> but I, I've just grown to love so many other types of fishing and every style of fishing and um and nothing nothing against fly fishing. Still love it, um, even though I just said I hated it. But but it's. It, to me, I like to use every style of fishing as a, as a tool to become a better angler, to find fish a different way to catch fish, you know? Um, but, but man, it's, it's, it, the trout are just a fun fish to target. Cause you can, they're like a lot like a bass. Like you can catch them in a lot of different scenarios, a lot of different places, different depths, different baits. And then as soon as you got them dialed, they're doing something completely different. So that, that, that's what I like about them. They just keep them on my toes. I think out of, you know, the three fish that we have here, in North Carolina and short of target on a regular basis, the trout may, will make you a better fisherman, you know, than, oh, yeah. than any of the other no ones. Um, so, and, and I'll give you a little, little thing that I did a few years ago. Um, and I'm reluctant to say this, but, um, oh, here comes the did, juice. <laughs> I went out there and I took, I took all the land around me and I just made it go away. I took the, all right, so our shoreline drops to four foot pretty much everywhere. Yeah. Three to four foot pretty much everywhere. I took all the visible shoreline and I made it disappear. I took that four foot ledge and I brought it up. And I fished nothing but the outside ledge from that. So I'm not fishing the bank. I'm fishing the next ledge. Yeah. 
and I did that everywhere. It's underwater points. It's you know, there's so much more stuff down there, and it it's fishing the windward shoreline when the waves are breaking on the bank real hard. Those trout are not going to be there. They're too weary. Right. But if you back back up a hundred yards and you get on that next break, you're going to smoke them. Yeah. And it was it was very surprising to me to find out how many fish you know that I mean it, how many fish were there. And I just had no idea. Yeah. You know. And I tried it a few times, and it honestly it worked every time. And I, I just now I'm dead set on it. I mean, when I come out the ditch and it's it's blowing 15, 20 miles an hour, I'm not going to the calm side. I'm going to the rough side. Right. You know, and you don't have to worry about anybody over there. And I mean, there's going to be fish there, but if you just fish on the weekends, I can I can see where you know that process is going to be frustrating to you because you're going to have to travel so much so much area right um in order to find fish and find a pattern and get confident in it because if you're not confident in it you're not going to fish it hard. right um but it does work yeah you know deep water speckled trout fishing does work yeah it's a game changer yeah it definitely does man i think that's one one way that saltwater inshore anglers you know that's where we're our weakest is fishing that you know in the bass world it's called fishing offshore i mean we're not fishing offshore yeah. but you're fishing off that shoreline Fishing those secondary right. ledges, those drop-offs, those underwater points like you're talking about, like those are fish relate to those more so than they're going to relate to bank. You know, yeah, you're going to get no fish, and there. there's no pressure on it. The only pressure is the people that are sitting on top of them, throwing to the shoreline. But but those exactly. fish, you know, in that deeper water, they'll slide off and slide back to it much quicker than they're going to slide right up to a shoreline. Um, but but that is especially in, in in your type of estuary, like such a key factor is is getting off the bank. Like there's times to be on the bank, but um, you know, a lot of times when you run past that boat that you're like, where the heck are they fishing? Like they're fishing yeah. way out. They know what the frick they're doing. You think they don't know oh, what yeah. they're doing, but they're the ones that are, that are smoking them. And, uh, you know, not, I'm not saying rip people's spots like that, but just start to think in that way. Like where's those secondary edges? Now, are you running a certain chip or anything like that, that, that allows you to kind of see those secondary edges and see that stuff? Is it like any Navionics or special stuff in your GPS? Oh. I've got the Garmin uh, 12, uh -huh. and I've got the quick draw contours on it. Yeah. And so pretty much every time I run anywhere, it it maps it out. Um, but I've got the one-foot contours as well. And it's pretty much, I mean, honestly, anytime you see a row of crab pots, that's going to be your drop-off. Yeah, they're putting you them right on I mean? that edge. You know, and, uh, and those crab pots would you know, full of bait. There's going to be bait all around those crab pots. You know, I mean, that's, that's going to be the best place. And to hide it from people, I'll actually get a casting link off the bank, but we'll be fishing out the other side of the boat. Yeah. And people, you know, blast by me and, you know, they just don't realize it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, that, that's cool, man. I remember, you know, being out at lakes as a kid and seeing dudes in bass boats, like freaking 300 yards off the bank. I'm like, what are the, the bass live up on the bank. Why aren't they up on the bank fishing? Like, what are they doing out here? But That's they right. knew what they were doing. Um, well, let's jump back into redfish a little bit. Uh, tell me about what you like to target these fish with this time of year, both on, you know, artificial side as well as, as bait and kind of how you approach a spot and fish, fish both. Yeah. So the spoons, I use a lot of gold spoons. Any specific um, gold spoon you like? No, just the regular Hopkins. Gotcha. Hopkins gold spoon. So is that is that the, the one with the Johnson? Is the Hopkins is the treble? Johnson is the fixed weedless. Johnson. Okay, sweet. that's what it is. Y'all is gonna mixed up. 
the Johnson Gold Spoons and the Silver Spoons, depending on um, the the clarity in the water mm-hmm. and everything. Sometimes silver works better than the gold, but most time it's going to be the gold. Um, I, I like to throw the half ounce. Okay. Um, you can throw it in a foot and a half of water and reel it about medium speed, and you, you know you're fine. Yeah. Um, and then your regular popping cork. You know, popping cork with a Z-Man, three, four-inch Z-Man. It's hard to beat. It stays in the strike zone so long. Yeah. You can throw it a country mile. Um, it's hard to beat. For sure. Now, when it's blowing 30 miles an hour and you have a bunch of waves and a bunch of white water, it's hard to beat some fresh mullet. Yeah. I mean, you can get out there with some fresh mullet. You can really get them things fired up. When you say fresh um, mullet, are you fishing live fresh mullet? Um, or no, 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 just cut, cut mullet. mullet. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. sweet. Are you are you able to find mullet up there yet consistently? Yeah. Okay, sweet. Mm-hmm. We have it here right now. Um, are you when you're fishing fresh mullet? Are you catching those bigger hardhead mullet or those big stripe mullet and cutting them up? Or are you still a lot of finger mullet and cutting them up? It's a lot of finger mullet. A lot of finger mullet. Some sea mullet. You know, smaller sea mullet. Yeah. Um, stuff like that. We're ju- well, we've got the fish around or the mullet around now, but a lot of them are too small. Like you throw your net on them, and they're slight. You know, you'll throw them fifty of them, and you get five of them. So yeah, just too small. Just a little too small. But but that's one thing, man. I don't. I never fish. All, all my buddies like you, Jennings, everyone like even for like the big drum fishing the the cut mullet, and I I've never really fished cut mullet. I always fish mullet live and fished like chunk pogey. But I need to I need to try the cut mullet game down here i mean i've definitely i think i've probably fished it some but it's not not uh you know not a tool in my in my bag if you will um i mean it's not a uh it's not a very how do I say it sportsman oh it's way to go it's about sportsman it, man you got to catch the mullet can, then you got to cut it then you got to put it on a hook and throw it out there but i can tell you if you get the right clients and you got the right weather it is it's like nothing else yeah that's awesome. i mean it's as honestly as fast as you can work <laughs> yeah i mean it's just non-stop the whole time yeah that's fun golly i want to come do that um t- take me through the retrieve of your gold spoon the retrieve i know you said medium speed are you doing any twitching you just straight rolling it back to the boat yeah just straight rolling it yeah. and hold on i mean because they're gonna absolutely snatch it yeah you know, when they hit it, it's not going to be all it gets heavy all of a sudden. You know, it's just whack. Yeah. God, they hit it so hard. They got it. It's crazy yeah, how different the, the so bite is from a trout. They can't, they can't go down. You know, they got to go. They got to yeah. go out. Yeah. You know, and they hit it and immediately turn around and they're gone. Yeah. It's a fun bite. It is a very fun bite. Um, you you fish spinnerbaits much up there at all? No, I don't. Um, I have some that I just got the other day. I've not fished them yet, but I'm really looking for I had some guy make me some. Nice. And I'm really looking forward to them. They're hard. Put triple hooks on them, which I was kind of upset about, but I'm gonna switch them out. And- yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like a spinnerbait a lot. You can't necessarily get the distance you can with a gold spoon, especially thrown into the wind. But um, I, I fish that little Z-Man, um, Z-Man Eye Strike spinnerbait they're making now, and I love it. Yep. It's a good, strong, stout wire, and uh, those fish smack it. The only problem with a spinnerbait is sometimes you'll get those fish eating the blade a lot. They'll come okay. up and eat the blade, and you'll set the hook and pull it out of their mouth and um with the spoon like the flash is the hook that's the beautiful thing about that that's right um so when they eat it they're they're getting the whole thing i do pull i I fish the gold spoon a lot as well um but i i do it's one of the artificials that i will pull fish off on sometimes you know i think that leverage they can get with that big spoon in their mouth and that hook attached to it um but usually the hook's driven in there well but i don't know if they're just 
turning it and popping it off. Do you fish it? What do you fish on a medium heavy, medium light? What kind of rod are you throwing it on? A medium light. Medium light. Medium light fast. Medium light yeah. fast. Heck yeah. Um, popping cork is it pretty consistent? Just pop, pop, pop all the way back to the boat. You pausing it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're in four foot of water, three to four foot of water, it's pop pause. Um, you know, pretty slow. The shallower, the faster you go. Yeah. Um, when we get to a foot and a half, it's pretty aggressive. Yeah. Just um, almost like a top water back D- to the boat, just with the bait behind it. Yeah. I mean, me and D-Hart were out the other day. It was one afternoon. Um, in fact, it's a funny story. He, he called me up, and he was like, hey, man, what are you doing this afternoon? I was like, man, I ran two trips. I'm dead. Like, I'm, I'm done. I'm at the house. He was like, oh, well, I'm going to go catch some slot drum on top water. I was just seeing if you wanted to go. But being you're too dead, you know, then we'll just – I was like, I'll be there. What time? <laughs> <laughs> and i met him there we ran out there and we started fishing and we threw it and uh, the wind was blowing so hard that it, it actually blew the cork um as soon as i hit the water it blew the cork the drum came up and surfed the wave behind the cork and followed it while the wind was blowing it and as soon as it stopped he dove down and, and hit it it was nuts it was the craziest eat of everything that's so sick man it was awesome that's yeah, that's was, visual awesome. right there um yeah, it's hard to hard to beat those fish, man. They're so fun. It's uh, yeah. I, I can well, tell. I mean, it, it's so different from us. I mean, because you know we don't catch them like that. Yeah. You know what I mean, and in fact, a lot of these fish this year they're probably going to be aged out by next year. Um, and next year may not be a great year for the slot drum for us. But I mean, this year it's a, it's awesome. That's why we're also jacked up about it. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um. Yeah, that's so true, man. You, you know, you see, you watch those fish age out. We've got a good number of slot redfish around too, uh, and it's just the grass is always greener. Like the way I fish all the time, I'm like, God, I want to come up there and do what you do every day. It'd be the same if you were down here. You'd want to swap it out. It's like it's just any type of fisherman like you or I. You, it's fun to just see that differences, the changes, like yeah, fishing for fish right. in a different way. Um, you know, it's I always like to, to switch it up when I can. Uh, but but yeah it, it's cool just to see like you know it's totally different estuary different area but fishing the same lures the same way catching those fish and, and yeah i mean good rule of thumb for me is if it's blowing more than 15 miles an hour i'm gonna go drum fishing um i can do a less methodical retrieve with that less methodical fishing i can catch them they respond better when it's rough noisy you know water white water stuff like that yeah the drum respond better that way. I don't have to have clients that, you know, can fish very methodically. Right. Um, and when it's calm, I go trout fishing. Yeah. You know, because I'm, I can approach more methodically. Um, even if I don't have clients that are very good fishermen, I'm able to teach them because it's calm. We have the right conditions. Um, so it, it's kind of like you just let Mother Nature tell you what you're going to do. Yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, that's, that's how it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, even tomorrow morning, I can't tell you what I'm going to do tomorrow morning. <laughs> I know you get, you get some of the clients that are like, they'll book a trip a month and a half out and they're always like, and for me, it's so tide dependent when I'm looking at it. And then it's weather dependent after that, you know, like for, well, first off I'm looking at the weather and then I'm looking at the tide or, well, it definitely, it just depends on the day and what the clients want to do, but I'll get someone that books a trip like two months out and they're like, can you tell me like what, what boat ramp will be at and, and what time we'll meet and, and all that. And I'm like... I really, honestly, I'd love to, but I can't tell you probably until the night beforehand, it, it, yeah. and then maybe the more that morning before at four thirty or five thirty in the morning. Yeah, so, we're gonna meet at six. I'm gonna call you at five thirty. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> be up. Make sure you got a cup of coffee in you, and, and be ready to rock that's and roll. Right. Um, well, that that's cool. 
tell me a little bit about your, your trout fishing kind of artificials versus bait, what, how you're going about targeting these fish. Yeah. yeah. So the trout, kind of the same thing. I mean, you have your, you have your shorelines that have always been better than others. And there's a reason why, you know, there's more current on that shoreline at more times. If you come into a new spot and you're not sure, um, why you didn't do well that day, 90% of the time there's probably current in that area and there might not have been current the day you were there. Um, you know, but a lot of these fish, you know, they feed with current and I've, that was a hard thing for me to figure out. And it, it might just be, you know, just the slightest little bit around here. We're all wind driven. Right. And so if it blows a certain direction for a long time, you know, the following two days after that, we're going to have a lot of current. There's just a lot of water coming back and there's a lot of water leaving. And that's going to be our key times to really, you know, really get to our main points that have a big current breaking and hit these fish. Yeah. Um, now if there's no current and we got the same weather nonstop every day, now then you pretty much you pretty much got a bank hit hop. Yeah. Um, until you find the bait. If I'm not seeing bait, I I just don't have any confidence in fishing it. Yeah. The that's the difference between you and I. Like bait means absolutely nothing for my redfish down here. Uh, really? because we're getting in these tight little creeks, these little pockets, and they are absolutely loaded with bait. There's shrimp in them, there's mullet in them, there's mud minnows, there's minhaden in them. And and so it's like there's times a year where bait does mean a lot, but this time of year the bait is like, you know, I'm not looking for bait, I'm looking for the the fish. And so it kind of sucks because that bait is such a key giveaway in so many areas that I've fished uh, all up and down the coast. But but here in the summer, it's I mean there you could throw a cast net at dead low tide where I was today in any direction and you would have caught you would have floated it with mullet, menhaden, and shrimp in it. <laughs> So yeah, see, it's not like that here. Yeah, at all. <laughs> but then when the tide gets high, all that's dispersed out, you know, across a large area. But on that dead low yeah, tide, so it's all fish. it's yeah. all piled in. So, um, just because they have to be there. But but it's uh it's funny how that that plays. And and not that bait doesn't matter. I mean, bait, if you're in an area and there's absolutely no bait, you're probably not going to see any fish there either. But but a, a lot of the areas, you know, there's a lot of areas with tons of bait that don't have fish as well. Is kind of kind of what it boils down to. But um. But yeah, that's one thing I've started to learn too with my trout fishing down here is like, you know, you're drawn to that that wind protected bank because it feels easier to fish and looks fishy because it's calm. But but you you really start to learn like a lot of the times those fish are sitting out in that slop and in that crap and and whatnot. As long as I can get that de- if the water quality is garbage for me here, you know, the drum I can still catch on on bait, but the trout and then drum on artificials get kind of hard if the water gets sloppy. But um, yeah, that, that's super cool. Uh, are you catching these fish, you know, if you sat there and uh, and threw a bait that they would both eat? Are there a lot of places in the summer that you can, you know, could go back and forth, cast on cast, like a, maybe not every cast, but catch redfish and trout in the exact same spot? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That's how we find a lot of redfish. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just by, just by trout fishing. I mean, very rarely do we ever go and just target redfish unless it's, you know, unless we get a hard nor'easter yeah. or a hard southwest wind. How, how often will you or will you at all bump in any of those big bull redfish this time of year in that shallow water? Yeah, you will. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, That's yeah. I mean, I we got broke off the other day um, on top water, and I I know it was a bull drum. Yeah. Um, in fact, the same no the next day, I had a lady. Um, it was she fished with me last year. She's she's not an experienced fisherman, but she's a good fisherman. Yeah. So she listens, mm-hmm. and 
Um, she had the biggest trout I've ever seen in my life on any picture in North Carolina, anything. The fang in this trout's mouth was from the tip of your thumb to your first knuckle. It was that I was shaking. And Golly. I shook for about five minutes after this trout came off. And when he came up, I should have brought the cork with me. So he, he came up and showed himself about six or seven times. And when he got about 15 foot from the boat, he came up. And when he did that last thrash, he was so long that he bent his whole body in half. And when he came up to thrash that last time, he broke the swivel right through the metal on the cork, broke it right through it, and then busted the hook off at the same time. Golly, man. And that was it, dude. I almost cried. I was sitting there just, just shaking. I'm about to cry. She was like, she was like and that was a nice one. I was like, yeah, that was, you would have been in the newspaper if you'd have called that fish. <laughs> that, was that a good one? <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> God, man, it really is. I mean, they say it, but it's the truth. It's always the big fish that gets away. It it really is. I mean, I mean, I don't know how big he was. He was he was thirty inches or over. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the how far he bent his body over to how much body he still had in the water. It it was just it was crazy. Yeah. It just his mouth was that big. And he he ate something on a cork. Was it a soft plastic or? He ate a five inch diesel minnow. Five inch diesel minnow. Golly, mm-hmm. well, you, slam full of procure. I will say that it was it was caked with procure. What what's your pro, um, procure procure flavor that you like? Uh, just the trout. The trout. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't even think it. I think it just says trout on it. Gotcha. Actually. Gotcha. Yeah. Trout trout scent. Um, yeah. Right on. Uh, do you uh, do you have to cover much water um, up there in a day? Or actually, this is what I wanted to ask you earlier. Uh, I sat there. I was. I, you had me kind of just dumbfounded by that story, and I kind of forgot my train of thought here. But um, when you are fishing a spot for the redfish, uh, do you kind of can you camp on a spot all day, or do you have to move around? Like, when is it done? When do you know? Like, all right, it's time to move on and find another spot. So with the trout, you really need to sit there and fish it. Um, and I know you're talking about drum, but yeah, with, no, go, with through trout, go through both. Go through both. The trout, you really need to sit there and fish it. I thought for a long time these trout just sat there and they just hovered, you know, either they're there or they're not. And that's not the case. Um, I think these trout move back and forth, up and down, all day. Um, and if you're in a spot, you know, if you pull up there, get a few bites, and you're like, oh, man, they just shut off like a switch. It didn't happen. I think they moved up and down, you know, one way or the other. Yeah. Um, if you sit there, they're going to come back. The drum is pretty much, with the artificial fishing, it's pretty much a running gun thing for me. You know, I can, I can pull in a creek that's shallow, real shallow on both sides with, you know, trees coming all the way down to the water's edge, you know, some, some roots coming out in the water and I can fish that creek really quick, you know, with a cork, just throwing a cork up there in the sweet spot, popping it, you know, just keep the boat moving, pop it, pop it, pop it. You don't get anything. Just keep on rolling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Here, our drum fishing is like that. You know I mean? You can roll through someplace pretty quick and if you get a bite, you know, then then slow up, go back, you know, and throw some spinner baits to it or right. something like that. Right, for sure. That, that's kind of how I like to play too. Like, and I think it's just the mannerisms of the fish. Like a redfish, I can move through an area quicker and feel confident that I'm going to at least get the bite that tells me I need to slow down and pick yeah, it apart sure. a little bit more. With the trout, sometimes i got to really slow down. Here's a myth, you know, that I've broken for myself in North Carolina – but so many people think like, 
oh, you're catching trout. You, you must. You, would you start at four in the morning? Like trout, trout in the summer only bite. You know, first thing in the morning. How do you feel? You know, is that a true representation of speckled trout fishing up there? Or do you feel like you can kind of get them all day long? You can get them all day long. I mean, you may not get your nicer fish at lunchtime. Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously, your your first morning uh, bite is going to be the best. Your overcast days are going to be better all day. Yeah. Um, but there's so many times when we go out there in the pitch black, you know, just just throwing top water in the pitch black, and all you can hear is that that spook, you know, knocking back and forth, and you just hear, whoosh. right? You know, I mean, that's just that's the coolest thing to me. If I could get clients to meet me at 4:30 in the morning, I would. Yeah. I mean, that's what gets me jacked up. That's awesome. I mean, that would be awesome. Yeah, I I thought you know to catch trout in the summer for the longest time, I you know with any consistency, I need to go early in the morning throw a top water. But man, I've been I've been really stoked the past two years on some of the trout stuff I'm figuring out here just in the middle of the day in the summer. Uh, and like you said, I'm not catching my I'm not going to catch a 27, 28 inch fish probably that time of day. But but I can go catch nice keeper trout you know in the middle of the day oh, yeah. in the right areas you know with with the right lures. Um, you got to try that dang deal. Well, I just don't know if the scenario up there is for you, but I'm just such a crackhead for the uh, the red flake DOA they shrimp. Do? No, the red flake oh. DOA shrimp. It's the DOA. It's it, and it's not great under the popping cork because it just you know it. I mean, they'll eat it under popping cork, but it dangles straight up and down. The voodoo will a little bit too, but um, but just dead sticking it in a little bit of current. Like if you've got three feet of water to five feet of water and you got some current, that red flake DOA shrimp just dead sticking it and swinging in the current is. Is deadly. I'm sorry to anyone who listens to this podcast that. a lot because I bring it up all the time. <laughs> you should, man. It's it. I'll, I'll that has been my bait this summer. I mean, it's been my bait all the time. But I'll go to an area, throw a top water, throw a swim bait, throw a trout trick. You know, throw a mirror lure, no bites. Throw a DOA shrimp in there. Whack first cast. I mean, they just the red flake too. They eat the mess out of it. So definitely a good. Uh, like your spot off the dock, that deep hole. I bet if you threw a DOA in there and let it fall and twitched it, man, they would smoke it. But um, are you you uh, you running out of out of battery there? I saw your text. It's all it's all I good. Am. You can share it yeah. on. <laughs> no worries, no I worries. I'm sorry, man. I got two percent. No, you're good, man. We're we're about 45 minutes, anyways. Um, I think we got some good stuff going. We're we'll definitely get you back on here soon to talk about some bull drum fishing, and we're gonna be doing some video together uh me and bud put some dates on the calendar to, to film some some bull drum fishing uh this year so be on the lookout for that but guys i'm gonna link all of Bud's. Yeah, i'm stoked about that yeah that's gonna be fun that's gonna be super fun um i'm gonna link all bud stuff on here uh on the show notes on the podcast uh platforms as well as the youtube description tell them real quick if they're listening though where they can find you um myridgecharters.com and then instagram and facebook at myridgecharters.com Sweet. Just remember, guys. Wherever you fish, fish confident. Fish confident. I like it. I'm gonna get. Uh, I'm gonna get a sticker with your face on it, and it's just gonna say "fish confident" underneath it. And I'm gonna send. Fish it. confident. It's a. It's a good. Um, good reminder for sure. But man, thanks so much for coming on, guys. Thanks for listening as always, and we will see y'all next week. Later.